The hottest ticket in Chicago is not Bears training camp. It is not preseason basketball for the Blackhawks and Bulls that is down the pipeline. And it sure is like not going down in 35th and Shields. It is what's happening on Clark and Addison as the Chicago Cubs are one of the hottest team, if not the hottest team in baseball as of this recording. And we're buyers at the MLB trade deadline. And we're going to talk all about it here on the Sports Cubicle with the marvelous one, Dan Marver, Devin Tingle, and Paul Shavari throughout the entire show. I'm Mike Mercado. And Marver, for the last few weeks, we've been talking a lot about what the Cubs were going to do. They got the mandate. They got the order. They saw what they had to do. The front office told them, Carter Hawkins, Jed Hoyer, you want us to be buyers? You want us to believe in you? Show us. Prove it. Win. And yes, it may have been against the White Sox. It may have been against the Cardinals. But they did it. They won those games, and they forced the front office to be buyers. And while they were doing this, it seems like the goalpost changes for this Cubs team. They beat AL East teams. They beat NL West teams. They play hard against NL East teams. They have a huge matchup against the Braves coming up this weekend. It seems to me that whenever the Cubs are questioned, they answer it. And one of the answers now seems to be in Jameer Candelario, their new third baseman, along with some relief pitching that we will see throughout the entire season. And Marver, I'm impressed. I'm excited. This is exactly what we've been talking about. Conservative buying, smart buying, investing, and also trusting that you are the Chicago Cubs and you're going to be in on not only Shohei Otani, but one of the favorites to re-sign Coley Bellinger. And you should trust in your front office and yourself that you're going to make smart deals and also be developing right behind them. I love what they did. And obviously the results have been great. Your initial thoughts on... The trade deadline, the winning streak, and what it seems to be another prove-it moment for this Cubs team. Well, the eight-game-in-a-row winning streak was sealed the deal ending with Saturday, a game I was at in St. Louis, as the Cubs literally blew through town because on that night there were 80 mile per hour winds, which, which delayed the game two hours. And I can tell you for a fact, I asked at the restaurant I was at if they had a basement. That's how bad it was. Their door blew open and everything. But in any event, it was like the opposite of two years ago where they looked like they might be buyers, and then they lost a whole bunch of games after that famous combined no-hitter in Dodger Stadium ending with Kimbrell. So it looked like a complete opposite situation. I'm glad. I hope they can sign Bellinger for next year, but but he's he's the man. And this Candelario, I mean, it's, he, he looks like a MVP caliber in, in, in two days, but we'll see. But basically, they're in a position now where they have good starting pitching. Stroman's down as we speak, so they'll have to use Wesneski or somebody aside to, to fill that gap, but they have a few days off. And look at this, too. After this Braves series, which could be t- difficult, then they have the Mets, who sold everybody. They go to Toronto. I thought we were done with DeYoung, but we're not, because he's in Toronto. Now. I thought we were done with, their, with the closer Hicks, but we're not. He's in Toronto now. But in any event, then after that, it's White Sox and Royal. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it's all set up for them to come to September in the first place, hopefully, because they're not that far away now. And the Reds look pretty vulnerable right now, don't they? (laughs) It's interesting that they did nothing in the trade deadline. They are right there, right? Like, we even saw Milwaukee make some moves. Milwaukee trying to make sure that they stay in the NL Central race. But the fact that Cincinnati didn't invest, didn't make a move, didn't put somebody in that pitching rotation, weren't in on Dylan Cease or Justin Verlander or Max Scherzer or Blake Snell or any of these guys, right? Like, they weren't in. On, on trying to bring in a major league 
pitcher to help out that rotation. And I don't think the Reds pitching is going to be able to hold up. Look, the Cubs aren't going to be putting up 20 runs every game, but their offense has shown to be a major league hitting offense. They have major leaguers in this team and around the edges, right? Surrounding the margins, guys like Jan Gomes and Michael Talkman. And you go down the list of any of these guys that are, are being platoon or playing different positions, playing out of positions. Nick Madrigal, for example, they are showing that they're going to be consistent in, in playing defense and that they're always, they're never going to get rattled. And I think that's, what's really important about this Cubs team right now. And the run, the French show has proven true. And that was one thing that we were all trying to figure out if it was something that was legitimate or was it kind of this fluke thing, but this team scores runs. And as long as they're getting starting pitching, I think that's going to be a huge plus for them. And I think Marcus Stroman going on the IL was probably the best thing for him. Look at the, the team has won in spite of him. He's had a bad ERA since they came back from London. And I think all this trade deadline talk and this contract talk, which by the way, we know he's opting in now. The whole idea of Marcus Stroman, good. Let him take two weeks off. Let him get right. Whether it's his hip, whether it's the blisters, the idea of having a healthy Marcus Stroman the second half of August, heading into September, having a really good Jamison Tyone. Maybe they could split it, right? The good Tyone and the bad. You 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 even it out a little bit between them two of them. Justin Steele and so on and so forth. If Drew Smiley isn't giving up a bunch of runs like again uh, did against the Reds, that'd be nice. This is a Cubs yeah, team. Right. They have a lot. I thought they would get a, a little bit more when it comes to maybe bullpen help, like a, a solidifying closer. But maybe they're all in on Azaline. Their idea is like, look at we're playing with house money right now. If we make a run, great. If not, look at we have a lot to go into next season. But I'm excited about this. That mm. in spite of slow parts, you do see times say Suzuki come up, Ian Happ coming through. This team does have guys that are all of a sudden heating up or at the very least picking up their slack of it. And then obviously the the best shortstop signing of the offseason and Dansby Swanson has been huge for this Cubs team. Marver, right. I want to throw it to you. It, your vibes after all this, the winning streak, the team, your thoughts on how the team looks. Kind of like what is actually happening with the ball club. You know, I, I think it was interesting. The last night Wisdom played first, Handelaria played third, because it was a question – and then Ross said that Tanley was going to play first all the time. It's like I rid of Mancini. And, and by the way, it looked like Wisdom was a second choice for that, which yeah. is interesting. He was a home run champ for the entire major leagues for almost a year. And uh, so he's he's not playing as much now. But Fitzy, I thought they might have gotten a little bit more middle relief and catch, maybe even a catcher. But, you know, but uh, I think they're okay right now. But uh, they did get the, the the kid from Kansas City who pitched the ninth last night. And uh, he looks like he has some stuff, actually. So, uh, what's his name? Cueva? Something yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, him coming to Chicago from Kansas City, you can almost take away a lot of those numbers. Just the in, those in-between numbers where his ERA or how it, certain numbers go when he comes into games because he's, now he's going to be playing in totally different situations. And it also gives you a legitimate guy out there with some stuff when you need bullpen help, because we know that in today's Major League Baseball, they're going to have a yeah. quote-unquote six starter, which is just your yeah. bullpen. Did you notice that he, that he waves his arm? He had a little bit of Kimbrel going you know, hey. before he throws the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just don't be giving it home runs like Kimbrel. We're going to be good yeah. to go on that one. Do you think the Cubs at this point feel like they're – I still think it'll be impressive if they overtake second place. I think it'll be a, a damn near Herculean effort 
if they do come out and win the NL Central or an NL wild card. The fact that three and a half games, two games, only one team ahead of them, uh, two teams ahead of them in the NL Central, three teams in the wild card race, it seems to me that expectations are going to change a little bit for the Cubs, for the vibes at Wrigley. I think this might be one of those times for sports fans who are Cub fans to really just enjoy the ride. I thought this was a 500 team. I thought this team was going to win 82 games. So I was expecting times where they were going to win five of seven and then lose four of six because that's what 500 teams do. But right now, they're playing like one of the better teams in baseball in spite of playing in the NL Central because I've seen them play against other teams. And I think there's a, a conversation Paul and I, you know, Professor Paul has, has kind of debated with me on baseball where you could talk about schedule. This isn't the NFL. You know, it's series to series, week to week. And more than anything, I think for a Cub fan to hold their, put their hat on is if you make it to October, a lineup, a starting rotation, a three-man crew that this Cubs team could put out there is as dangerous as anybody else's in the National League. So there is some hope that you just got to get there. You just got to get there. It doesn't matter if you win 84, 85 games. As long as you're in a series where Justin Steele, Marcus Stroman, Drew Smiley, Jamison Tyone, you name it, they can beat anybody at any given night. And you really only need three pitchers Mm -hmm. in those series. Don't forget, there's um, three wild cards, and it's kind of amazing. It looks like they could get a wild card of the NL Central, the way the math is right now. I mean, unbelievably, I never thought that was possible. But, well, you know, right now, they're in a pretty good position. I just told you the schedule, except for Atlanta every te- and Toronto. Every team they're playing is uh, is not a playoff team So uh, in the next couple of weeks. So uh, that could help them, too. But we'll we'll see how it goes. Marver, if you think it's sizzling right now, wait yeah. if they take two of three from yeah. the ATL. If the yeah. Cubs all of a sudden take this series from Atlanta, they beat Morden and Fry and all these other dudes, yeah. Things all of a sudden got very real. Things all of a sudden get exciting. Things all of a sudden get interesting. And maybe not as interesting as going over to our friends over at Sheets and Giggles, checking out the amazing eucalyptus mattressing, making sure you feel good. It's summertime. You want to feel comfortable and cool. Go to SheetsandGiggles.com, Sports Cubicle, Sports from the Couch, 50% off your next purchase. That's exactly what I needed after my injection today. (laughs) (laughs) Playing injured just like players do when they're in a playoff run, just like the Chicago Cubs team is. We want to know your thoughts, though. The Cubs make a huge move. The big buyers, I would say, in the National League, getting the best bet since Otani was taken off the market and since Cody Bellinger played himself into National League Player of the Month. So they are keeping him. going to be interesting if he's going to get like an eight-year deal, 200-something million. I mean, he's he look it. You think you think Scott Boris was going to make him a lot of money before? Oh boy, oh boy, he is counting to his bank. God bless him. God bless he's him. Gonna, It'll be fun. Shohei Otani and yeah. Cody Bellinger making five hundred million dollars between six hundred, maybe seven hundred million between the two of them. So Otani's going to get a lot of yen, a couple million yen. Hey man, hey you, <laughs> I'll, I'll pitch in to that fund if it means. And bringing him to Clark and Adam. I think it's like 10 billion yen because you get it's, the, the exchange rate is ridiculous. We'll start working right now, Marver, to make sure we have enough when it asks for build time. Yep. We want to know your gonna... Suzuki needs to recruit him. <laughs> hey, it looks like it. Did you see that cute video of Suzuki and Nick Magical and the bench coach? Check it out if you haven't. Before we go, I think more than anything, the reason I think the vibes are good 
the team looks like fun. They look like a bunch of good guys. They look like they're having fun with out there with each other. Unfortunately for the White Sox, remember when they looked like they were having a lot of fun out there and we thought this crew was really cool and they could be the faces of baseball. And then all of a sudden the front office decided to just throw a monkey wrench in there and it all went to hell. It looks like right now the Cubs are vibing and we're vibing here on the sports cubicle for the marvelous one, Dan Marver, for Kevin Tingle, for Paul Trevari. I'm Mike Mercado.